Welcome to this bonus edition of Record Roundtable, where we talk about new music that comes out in the month. This month is July. That uh, little dose of metal for you was the new album by the Acacia Strain mm. called The Slow Decay. It uh, was dropped in pieces over the uh, course of the year, basically. I think it started in February. Uh, a different letter, so like D-E-C-A-Y for decay. They're like little dual packs of songs, so it kind of led up to the album. So really, they kind of released the whole album over the year rather than just releasing it in July, but they officially released it in July. Um, the Acacia Strain being a kind of, I mean, metal, but like kind of like a metalcore, really heavy, really, really heavy version of metal. Uh, not always greatly appreciated, but I've listened to them for a very long time. I've enjoyed them for a very long time, and I enjoyed this album. So if you like metal, that's kind of your dosage for it this month. This is Caleb Robinson speaking, and I'm here with... Jared is here. Jared is here. And we are here to, again, talk about some of the albums that uh, we've been listening to for the month. Uh, we got a lot to cover, so I'm just going to keep on moving forward. I'm going to talk about this next one, which is the Beth's album, Jump Rope Gazers. So for anybody who listened to the Beths uh, back in 2018 with their album Future Me Hates Me, it's pretty much like right in line with what they had two years ago. They didn't make a whole lot of musical progression, but I, I already enjoyed what I heard from that album back in 2018. It's kind of got like this 90s-ish vibe, so it kind of has this kind of nostalgic feel to it for anybody who enjoyed that kind of era of rock music, but it's very much just kind of a straightforward hooky indie rock album i enjoyed it quite a bit not a whole lot to say about it just worth checking out uh next one i know that jared will want to say a couple things about it's the the chicks album gaslighter much much to my own drum much much to my own drum hey hey i'm an army of one So Dixie Chicks, or now the Chicks, mm -hmm. and they just released their first album in a while. It's been yeah, a couple long years, um, and they're Mar still not ready to make nice. They are not. They will never be ready to make nice. And on this album, they're still not making nice because they're still talking about important stuff in their lives, using that emotion of theirs. A lot of these songs are based on kind of like the. Um, the separation of the lead singer in uh, her marriage. Hmm. Um, so it's very emotionally based in that regard. But I personally really, really enjoyed the song March March. Mm -hmm. It's a really good song. Uh, and kind of, as they've been doing, kind of speaks to the world that they live in. Like they have always kind of been very politically minded mm. individuals. Yes. Uh, and use country music in a as a medium to kind of cross that information over to people yes i thought it was a good album i enjoy they've always been um like really good with ballads 
Um, Wide Open Spaces is a great song. Cowboy Take Me Away is a great song, like old songs. Um, their cover of Landslide, obviously. Of course. Iconic. Ooh, that's a good but cover. But I like the singles that came from this album. I thought Gaslighter was a good like opening mm-hmm. track and opening single to kind of give an idea of what the album was going to sound like. Very energetic. March album. March was like super big. But I I think my favorite song on this album is the song Juliana Calm Down. Oh, that's a good uh, one. Yeah, I like that a lot. It just built really well, and it told a good story uh, in not as good of a story as Goodbye Earl because that is that is top notch song right there. But I like I think that's my definitely my favorite song of the album. Gotcha. I do want to say though I I think that there are still a couple duds on Gaslighter, which mm. is you know it's always worth kind of mentioning that like not every album is perfect. I did not like Texas Man. Mm. And mm. and then tights on my boat is just kind of silly as well. So they write silly songs though. They yeah. can't always be. They can't always. Notch, no, I agree. Politically minded women. I agree, and that's and that's perfectly okay. It's okay for them to not have like a perfect album from my perspective. But I definitely, it wasn't my favorite couple of songs. But I think overall the album is very good. That's good to hear. So uh, I'll move on to the next one. The next one that we are going to talk about uh, again. Uh, is another one that I know Jared will want to talk about, and that's Creeper's album, Sex, Death, and the Infinite Void. Fill the car with all the ammunition you can get. We'll storm the gates of heaven. God is dead. Dead inside, yet still alive. Jared, I will take let you take the helm on this one. So I have been a fan of Creeper for uh, quite a while. They were a part of uh, some uh, promotion, I guess, would be the word you could use, uh, by Alternative Press Magazine. They kind of v- v- said that they were going to be the next big thing. Uh, they are from the UK, and they had a few EPs uh, starting in 14, 15, and 16 that I like various songs from. And then they had a single come out called Black Rain from their debut album, Eternity in Your Arms. And that album, I'm pretty sure, was on my decade list. Does that sound I right? I wouldn't be surprised if it was. When we discussed our decade list uh, this past year. And I really enjoy that album a lot. Um, it is one of my favorite albums uh, of the decade, as I discussed. Uh, Hiding with the Boys is an amazing song. And I've been looking forward to this album. It got pushed due to COVID. And they... Demonetized. They... Um, changed so they they were touring on eternity in your arms and then what they ended up doing as a what people thought it was basically just a statement i suppose but they performed a show and they basically said this is the end of creeper and they wear these leather jackets and they all laid their leather jackets on the stage and they made it seem like they were done but what they actually were doing was saying that they're going into a new phase in their career and they don't want to wear leather jackets anymore who are they and so they who are they without the they set up uh, that they were going to change their name, which they didn't do, and um, but they released uh, various singles. They released a total of uh, six singles for this album at various points. The earliest being in 2019 with the song "Born Cold," and I really enjoyed this album. I don't think I like it as much as "Attorney in Your Arms" because that's fair. It's not as um, straight up punky like I enjoy and there's not as many like songs that I pull from that like I think are really good 
standalone singles, but I think this album works really well as a whole, start to finish. Mm -hmm. They're basically a mixture between like Aiden and Meatloaf. I, I I know you've described it that way before, and it's such and it a, sounds it's like such it, an odd concept. Like the interludes of them talking is so bad out of hell. It's like great, yeah. And uh, but it's just like gothic, 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 and punk, but like you know, British. You yeah. know, like it, it. It just is. I I enjoyed it. It's got it's, it's punk. It's it's got a lot of things going on, really. And even I, I guess a little bit of uh, misfits, maybe like a little bit sure. of Danziggy. Yeah, uh, just the deep voice kind of thing, and then mm-hmm. incorporating the uh, keyboardist uh, as well as vocalist mm-hmm. um, with a female voice it, like that helps with kind of the um, uniqueness of the band. I will right. say, I you would know? say so. So I think my favorite song on that album is Poison Heart. It kind of took a little bit for me to find like my favorite, but it's 16 songs that are only 40 minutes long. So there's a lot of like kind of short uh, ones, short ones yeah. or like interludes in between that's telling the story and stuff. So yeah, that's def- this is definitely uh, one that will be probably talked about at the end of the year for me. I'm not surprised. Most likely sure. it's going to take a little bit for it to um, kind of settle, but uh it i i do like it a lot i think i'll just keep listening to it and you should uh well let's move on to the next one we're going to talk about the uh, album pain olympics from the band crack cloud So Crack Cloud is a kind of art collective, I guess. They're, they're kind of not really considering themselves like a band. They're more of just a collection of people who are all making music in the same space. And uh, they're very obviously art-based, but they're also uh, kind of clearly like a throwback to an old post-punk sound. I get a little bit of like, it's kind of Talking Heads E mm-hmm. in, in that same kind of realm, but it's also kind of heavier in the punk realm of that you know, um, post-punky, new wavy sound. So uh, it's definitely very, very big album. It's got a lot going on to it, but I um, definitely enjoyed what I heard from this one, and we'll be checking it out more throughout the year. Mm. Uh, next one is Dead, D-E-H-D, and their album Flower of Devotion. Dead. So Dead are a trio, and the bassist slash vocalist, I kind of get some vibes of like a Caroline Rose off of the album Loner from a couple years ago, but like even more like kind of in your face and eclectic, I guess. Is that what you just said, really? Because the opening quote on their Spotify uh, by Emily Kempf 
the lead yeah. singer. Yeah. I want nothing more than to be a loner. Oh, really? That's what she said. Well, that's great. How about There's that? There's a song on there called Loner, too, so it just all kind of goes together in a really weird they way. They're from Chicago. They're pretty good. I They have a really like big sound for being a trio, mm-hmm. and I really like the guitar tone. I usually don't talk a whole lot about guitar tones. I leave that for Tyler, of course. Yes. Uh, another member of Record Roundtable, of course. Um he usually, you know, is the the guy to talk about guitar tones, but this one has like it has moments of like surf rock and like kind of a southern twang. Let me see if I can find the 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 song that's got kind of a southern twang to it and see what you think about it. But there's also, like I said, there's also like surf rock, and then of course there's like indie. There's he does a lot with just the way the guitar sounds mm-hmm. and makes the the album sound different just by the way he plays. So there's a lot of different like sounds throughout the album, and really it's just based on the guitar and not really everything else that's kind of going on. So I like this album quite a bit. Worth checking out Flower Devotion. Before I go to the next one, I'm going to throw to you, Jared. I want you to talk about some of the albums that you've been excited about this month. Okay. You want me to just go a, a breeze through them a little bit here? Yeah, it is up to you. If you want to cover some of them, all of them, your choice. I'll do a couple. So uh, one album that came out in early July, actually the third, is a band, by a band called The Real McKenzies. They are a, a Scottish uh, punk band that have been around for uh, a, a long, long time, since 1992, 28 years are they from scotland i hope so i hope I so too it. it's not on their list i said it and i meant it i cannot figure out where they're from doesn't matter uh they have a new album out called uh, beer and loathing it's pretty good uh, reference there indeed and uh, i think uh my favorite song on it is maybe nary do-gooder That does seem like something you'd like. So when you're when you're uh, dropkick Murphys and your flogging Molly CDs just keep skipping because you listen to them so much, this is the one you can get. <laughs> That's about right. Um, another uh, band that I like that uh, are co- up and coming is a band called Sharp Tooth. They I have been following Sharp Tooth. Sharp Tooth since 2017 with their debut album Clever Girl. Uh, they are a female-fronted metal band that uh, just kind of is... I'm trying to think of the right word to use. Maybe like snarky, you know, like kind of like that kind of style. At least that was their first album. This album is more mature and um, still has a little bit of the snark to it, but they try different things, which is very um, good for them to do. Uh, like on the, the track, The Gray she sings instead of screams and she's a good screamer um but uh, my favorite song on the album which has a really good video is say nothing in the absence of content (laughs) 
falls in a it's a very specific like realm of metal mm. like a stray from the path kind of style of metal mm -hmm. like where it's like really beat down in your face metal mm -hmm. but also like i mean that's yeah i guess that's really it it's just, yeah it's really it's, really it's good. a pretty good album uh the other one another one i would like to discuss uh is the streets which i enjoyed quite a bit i like the streets they've been around forever they're a british uh rap technically they call a group but it's just one guy yeah but i always thought they were a group growing up but they've had they've been around a really long time but they had broken up which how do you break up with yourself i don't uh, know how do you break up with yourself uh stopped releasing music but then they put out what is called a mixtape, but it is 12 songs and uh, 38 minutes long, so I'm going to call it an album. Yep. And they have pretty much each, every single song has somebody featured on it, on this thing. And uh, the opening track has Tame Impala, and there's other uh, UK-based hip-hop artists and such, but my favorite song on it is uh, None of Us Are Getting Out of This Life Alive, which is the title track. That's what the EP slash album slash mixtape is called. And it features Idols. My boys, Idols, baby. So this is that song. None of us are getting out of this life alive. None of us are getting out of this life alive. Four fathom five, my father lies. None of us are getting out of this life alive. None of us are getting out of this life alive. None of us are getting out of this life alive. That's why I don't go gentle into that good night. That's why I'm shining brighter than the brightest light. I twinkle like my blade in the belly of the right. He's got a good flow. He really does. We discussed that. I mean, he kind of... Like, that's how he sings on his albums. And it's just right. like you never would think that he's rapping. But right. he didn't do anything different, and he's on a rap song, and it sounds the same. So it's interesting. But that album, that Isles album, when it finally drops this year, it's going to be up there. It's going to be on that list we're going to do for that month and for that year. You know it. So I'll let you uh, continue. And then if I find anything else that I really want to discuss, we'll, we'll hit back to me. Sounds good. So... Uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is one that I have been personally pretty excited about coming out is uh, My Morning Jacket's The Waterfall 2. Mm. So, Waterfall 2 is, of course, a follow-up album to The Waterfall. The Waterfall came out in, I believe, 2016. Yes. 15. Two, oh, 15. Yeah. yeah, that's right. 2015. So, it's been five years since they released this album. I've been a big fan of My Morning Jacket for uh, quite a while, honestly. And I haven't heard anything, obviously, new from them for a while because this is their follow-up album. Um, and it's been a minute since they've actually had a follow-up. Um, it's pretty in line with the waterfall. So if you liked the waterfall, that album from them, you know this is a good follow up to it. It's got the same kind of distorted, fuzzy guitar sound. It's like that transition that they made from their kind of like 
strange indie rock sound into more of like a classic rock sound almost. Um, it, it's definitely the sound I think that fits Jim James better with mm-hmm. his with his voice. Uh, it makes him sound like a you know the indie rock titan that he is in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, like Jim James is, in my opinion, an important indie rock vocalist. Considering, like, if you think about, like, uh, what is it, Monsters of Folk mm-hmm. that he did with um, Connor Oberst, mm-hmm. you and know, M. Ward like, is there too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anything like, you know, if you put him in something like that, then obviously, it, it to me, it kind of shows how important he is as a vocalist. Yeah. And My Morning Jacket is really, I mean, they're not big by any means. My Morning Jacket has never been like a big band, but I think that they're well-respected in the right fields, I guess. So mm-hmm. if you're a fan of My Morning Jacket, I would I would go check out The Waterfall too. Next one I'm going to talk about. I'm surprised that I'm talking about it, especially this late in the episode. Which you know, I go in an order of like you know my least ish favorite to my most ish favorite. Oh, and we're getting closer. I never to knew. The... Surprise, surprise. There's a there's an order here. Um, this one it should not be this close to the end, but it is, and that is uh, Logic's new album, No Pressure. Oh my. Depressing anxiety got a hold of me Cause people say they want the older me Well I'm 30, that's the oldest me What holdest me, the piece of shit that's not good enough Not black enough, not hood enough Not rich enough, not poor enough My heart is poured enough I've been beaten and battered My confidence shattered, been broken and tattered I'm constantly second guessing If my profession is worth it on my mental state Writing this from a dog So No Pressure is easily the best and definitely the last Logic album. Wow! So wow, that doesn't seem likely. He's retired, is what I he's know. saying. He wants to, you know, to focus Joe Budden, on his family, but Joe Budden, former member of, uh, uh, who was he in uh, G Unit? I think something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Maybe he was in D Twelve. I can't remember. He was in a band. Yeah. Uh, a group. He said, "Nobody cares. You're retiring." To logic, yeah, I, it's it's funny because like I didn't even know he was that I didn't know until I read that this album was his farewell to hip hop. Right, I'm retiring to take care of my child. What everybody reti- like everybody retires in hip hop, and then they always make more music. The game did it. Yep. Nas did it. Yep. Kanye's gonna do it. Yep. Jay Z's gonna do it. Yep. Oh, he already did. I guess. I mean, yep. everybody. Nobody retires. No, I know, and that's that's the funny thing. Like, I even kind of had that mentality. Like, I want to. I'm treating it as like, oh yeah, this is his last album, but it's not. Definitely yeah. his last. I album, saw Logic sure. a couple of years ago. Uh, what he does one one interesting thing he does is um, every show he does like a freestyle. Uh-huh. Like he like comes up and he's like, okay, tell me something about your life to a fan, and then he like writes a freestyle about that. And obviously, it has to be something unique every time because it's the new thing. Right, which is impressive with hip with freestyle music, you know, it's right. cool. But uh, but yeah, I never, I didn't listen to this album, so I have no nothing to say other than my anecdote about seeing him live. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I uh traditionally find Logic to be grating, not fun to listen to, not enjoyable. His album from last year, he really had two albums from last year because he had the supermarket. Um, audio book, I guess, would be the way to describe it. Uh, both were just awful. And I was like, man, Logic's got a new song- album coming out. I don't think I'm going to have any interest in it. Lo and behold, 
it's got like really, really good production for his last album. And it's because he's working with a, a, a someone like a sound engineer, uh, no ID who, um, has worked on albums with Vince Staples. He was, uh, the one who helped, uh, work on the production for, um, his album summertime 06 which i am a huge fan of he also has worked with common on his music uh and the 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 production on this is just out of this world in in comparison to what logic usually does because usually he's got pretty run-of-the-mills not not that interesting production going on in his album Mm -hmm. but these have a little bit more of like a conscious like introspective atmospheric kind of beat to it in the vein of like like even kind of like what Mac Miller did later in his career, but also mm-hmm. like uh, artists like Blue and Milo and artists like that who are kind of making that same kind of conscious um, style of hip hop, and it fits him way better. Like it just it, it's really unfortunate that we would get something that's closer to something that I'd want to listen to, right as he's saying that he doesn't want to make music anymore. It's like if you were doing this the whole time, you probably people would probably care about your music more, but they haven't because his music has not really been anything that, I mean, people, there are people out there who like it. Yes, for sure. There are, there are fans of logic. So it's really kind of me. It's on me that I enjoy this and have not enjoyed other music. So Hmm. no pressure, actually surprisingly good album. Uh, This one to me is not a surprise. It is the new album from Proto Martyr called ultimate success today. So Protomar, kind of like a noise rock, post-punk-ish kind of sound. Uh, their lead singer, Joe Casey, is getting up there in age. He kind of came into Protomartyr as a group, as an older individual already. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where he's looking at it as like, you know, each album could be his last album with Protomartyr, I guess. So it always feels like their albums are kind of pressing in a way he's got a style which i know that jared you're not a huge fan of but it's kind of in the realm of like a michael jira uh nick cave kind of like a straightforward delivery of like almost speaking the Mm -hmm. words rather than like singing them yes um i found it to be pretty engaging i've i've enjoyed proto martyr but haven't gotten super into them this is probably my favorite album from them a lot of people enjoy other albums from them, like uh, their 2017 album, Relatives and Descent. People like their album, The Agent Intellect, from 2015. Really, all of their albums have been pretty well-received from people in kind of the noise, art punks kind of realm of music. So Proto Martyr is definitely worth checking out. The next one that I'm going to talk about is uh, an album called Kind from the artist Thanya Iyer. <laughs> Jump in ocean water. 
So Thania Iyer, I almost completely missed. Almost did not listen to it all. I was kind of digging for the albums that I, what would be kind of left to listen to for July that I was like, maybe I'll find something that'll interest me. Maybe I'll find something that's worth listening to. Mm -hmm. And I landed on this album. Like nobody's really listening to this a whole lot. Like I can't find a lot of information on this album, but I did find, I think Paste posted their favorite albums of July. And it was like their third favorite. And I was like, okay, well that seems like it would be worth checking out. Turns out that there's a, like a visual component to the album. They have a whole like 20 minute, um, visual story, I guess, to kind of go along with a lot of the music that's going on. And I am a big fan of audio or visual albums when they do that. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot and see if I like it. And it's great. I love this album. It's, um, it's kind of improvisational, improvisational, mm-hmm. improv, uh, jazz kind of elements, but also they blend in electronics. Um, Iyer is kind of like a band leader on top of also being the vocalist. And there's a lot, it, 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 there's a lot going on and it kind of, it almost sounds a little bit like the, the rapper, um, no name a little bit in her style. It also at points has some instrumentation that kind of reminds me of like a Moses Sumney, but also obviously kind of more jazzy, I guess, than his music kind of is. It's just got that kind of big feeling to it. And I often am pretty sold on that sound. So, you know, this album was going to work for me pretty much anyway. Uh, if you have not heard of Thanya Iyer, I would probably not blame you because I have not heard of her until like a couple of days ago. And I'm probably going to listen to this album a lot. It's really good. Uh, I got a couple more albums for you this week. But this one I know me and Jared both enjoyed quite a bit. It is uh, Hero's Death by Fontaine's DC. I should televise mine. I should televise mine. I should televise mine. I should televise mine. So, Hero's Death is. Fontaine's DC's second album, sophomore mm-hmm. release. They had their last album, Dog Roll, from last year. Last year, I feel like Dog Roll, Jared, you'll probably agree, was more of like a punk album. Yeah, I didn't really get into it a ton. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really get into Dog Roll. I know that it was pretty heavily praised, and Fontaine's DC are definitely like kind of a not a big name in this scene of music but they're getting def- they're getting that way they're getting that way for sure um they're more popular than what you would expect kind of a post-punk they're also irish dublin yes they uh are. so they probably i have a lot more success in the uk sure i would imagine I would so their so. their success will be probably there prominently first and then maybe more so here but well i mean they're getting really good reviews yes um i've i had heard them I don't even know how, but I think I just heard you. I think maybe I was listening to it, and then you're like, oh, this is really good um, for the last album. But this, I really enjoyed uh, the opening track, I Don't Belong. I saw the music video for it. I think that's like the best rock song. Mm-hmm. Like just, um, And I like songs like that have a slow roll, if you will. 
Um, they definitely yeah. go more in like a, um, you know, obviously post-punk involves both post and punk. Mm. And the last album was a little bit more punk, and this one's a little bit more post. It goes oh. a little bit more in the realm of like, um, I, I said this already about another album, but like kind of atmospheric a little bit like mood building. It, it reminds me more, and obviously it's not directly, but it reminds me a little bit more of like a Joy Division than mm-hmm. their last album. Makes sense. So yeah, before uh, we transla- or transfer to the last album that I'd like to talk about, other than some ones that I'm just going to kind of throw out willy-nilly, Jared, go ahead and throw out some more of the albums that you've been interested in this week. All right. Month. This month, yes. Um, so I will discuss my probably favorite of the month first. Uh, it is by a band that I have followed for a long time. They're from Detroit, Michigan. They are called American Arson. They just recently signed to Face Down Records. Uh, and this is their debut album and first album on that record label. I saw them back in, I think, 2000 and maybe 14, 15, because these albums had already been out. Right. So I think it had to have been 15 for free at a bar in Muncie. Uh, they would do free music Mondays at this bar. Which is great. And I would go and I would see all these fun bands. We saw a lot of good stuff. Autumn Magic, I believe, was one of the free bands at one point, which we saw with Foxy Shazam. Yeah, some band called Golds that I saw with Dax and they mm-hmm. were good. They were they they had quality touring bands that they would come. Um and they weren't known, but they were good. Yeah. It was just a good way to like get to see local bands. And not just local though, because they were travel like they would tour, but it would they would probably tour around the Midwest area first, right? And so if they had success on their tour, like a lot of them were from Indiana, Cincinnati area, whatever, Michigan, but, of course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, it was I would what I would do normally is I would look them up on Spotify. If I liked the songs that I heard, I would say I definitely have to go. And then sometimes I would just go whether I liked it on Spotify or not because it was free and whatever. Right. But I really enjoyed their first EP. It's called The Vine and the Branches. Um, and then they have had a total of uh, four EPs. The Seed and the Soil is the next one, which is, I think, the one I saw them tour on technically. The Blood and the Bones. And then their last EP was called Waymaker, which um, my favorite song by them off of that. And it's probably like the song that kind of... Um, uh, like encapsulates them as a band is the song Sequoia. Oh, I was hoping it was the other one. But no, go no, ahead. it's not that everybody's coming to get me. Somewhere. Everybody's coming to get me. But this album, it's called A Line in the Sand, and um, it is a very good album, like from start to finish. There's a, it just kind of tells a bit of a story, and you, it goes back to some things that they talked about on their EPs, which if you followed them, then you kind of like can appreciate that. Um, I think my favorite song on it is maybe Huddled Masses. Mm-hmm. They talk a decent amount, more so than you would expect from a alt-rock band, if that's what you will call them. I kind of compare them, not that anybody knows these bands. Well, they'll know. I put them between uh, Thrice and close your eyes like close your eyes yeah. as the hardcore kind of thing but and thrice for the rock and both of those bands like have good uh messages and yes that's kind of they've american arson's always been that with their music they're very positive mm-hmm. thinking like they're not out there to 
sing about the most depressing, like despondent. And even if they do, like they talk about, they had a song about uh, a story of a homeless man that was, um, he was dead on the street and people Mm -hmm. just walked by and nobody helped him. Yeah. Like that is a depressing thing, but they are basically saying we can do better. And that's what a lot of the songs are. And even songs on this, Huddled Masses, Let Conviction Grow, um, even the beginning track, The End, which is just kind of an instrumentally, and then he kind of like sets the tone for the album, um, tells kind of like, we can do better, and here's kind of how kind yeah. of thing. So. And another thing that's worth mentioning about them as a band is that there's only two freaking members. That is true. And it's like crazy how much they fill out, it, 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 even live, yep. they fill out the sound like crazy because uh, the guitarist and vocalist, what, what do you know his name? Um, one is named Evan. That's the drummer. Uh-huh. The other fella's name is... I don't know. Okay, that's fine. doesn't matter. So the guitarist and vocalist for American Arson uses a lot of like effect pedals and stuff mm-hmm. throughout. And he's got like a, a huge setup in front of him when he's playing guitar for um, live Jesse. Jesse. Thank you. Um, so Jesse like uses a lot of different effects throughout and he is able to loop guitar throughout a song. And so he uses the, the effects and loops and such to make it sound like there's a lot of people playing music, but it's just him. It's really impressive. I loved watching them live and seeing how much he was able to do live. Yeah. I don't love, like I, I enjoy, I enjoyed this album quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, I don't love them, but here's, I love their live performance. Here's how I, I'll tell you I like them this much. We saw them, me and my friend Bryant, saw them in Cincinnati one night. And they were touring, and they were going to be in Muncie the next day. So we saw them in Cincinnati at a bar, and it, we were the only people there other than the other band that went to see them. And so they rec- they were like, hey, uh, they recognized me because I'd seen them before in Muncie, which is kind of funny. And they walked up and were like, hey, if there's anything you want to hear, let me know. And I was like, oh, how about this song? And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So like, we kind of talked to them after the show and stuff. And uh, so then the next day, Brian and I decide to come see them in Muncie, which was a, like a two-hour drive. And so we saw them one night, and then I think it ended up being a free... So we saw them on a Sunday, and then we saw them for free music Monday the yeah. next night. And the so other, I saw them two days in a row. And you're not mentioning the story of them, because what you told me about... I, yeah, I know. Tell that story. It's a good story. Okay, so... Uh, I don't know when we would ever be able to tell this story again. It's a really fun story. Um. I assume you're talking about the sleeping bag. Yeah, of course. Okay, so there was a... The, here's the thing with music is sometimes people talk about things and they just are... It's just words. Right. And actions speak louder than words in yes. music and in life. So there was a homeless person that was in Cincinnati and the guy was like, oh, you got any spare change? And they're like, oh, we can just buy you pizza. So they walked across the street and bought uh, him pizza. Then he came back over and was talking, oh, I love the music, you know. And he's like, he didn't even hear it, but it's okay. But uh, I think he did hear it. I'm just making that up. <laughs> but anyway, funny. so he was like, oh, yeah. Um, he he had this old, dirty, like, sleeping bag that he was sleeping with. Um, and the lead singer gave him his sleeping bag. And so uh, it was, like, a very powerful thing to see. And if people that have spoken about this in their music – and are living it in their lives. And then, so the next day, on when we got to Muncie, 
my friend Bryant was like, you want to buy him another sleeping bag? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So we went and bought him a sleeping bag and brought it to him at the show. And he's like, oh, that's really great, guys. You know, it was cool of you, whatever. But it was like, what a weird thing to like see somebody give up his own sleeping bag and then we just go buy him another one. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's like the whole, um, you know, pass it along mm-hmm. mentality of like, you know, I'm going to pay for the guy behind me at Starbucks or something ridiculous like that. You know, like when you see someone do something good, you should go do something good too. And that was a prime example of that. I think it's a good story. I really love that we drove to go get, because I came with you in Muncie because I was living there, obviously. Yep. And I, I drove you guys to go get the sleeping bag. I was like, this is great. I love this. Yeah. Yep. Um, we almost were a lot late to the show because we went to go get the sleeping bag. Yep. It was funny. The other thing that's cool about American Arson, which I'm glad that we're highlighting them the way that we are, um, none of their songs on Spotify have even reached over a hundred thousand listens. Yeah, like they most of them are in the ten thousand range. Yeah, like, that's all the debut album too. Yeah. Well, you'd have to look though because that's this. It's trending right now, so you'd have to look at their old songs. Which of those have the most? Oh no, no, you know I mean? know because whenever I would go look to listen to them, it usually would show something like you know the little symbol where it says one thousand yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it would show. Oh, I see. That so they're sense. not. I mean, they're not big at all. No. They're about the opposite of big. And unfortunately, in this time, they would be touring the crap out of this album. Yes. But they can't right now. And it really stinks that a band that, like, they're kind of road, Rely. almost like kind of like road warriors with like being an independent band before they got signed they would tour as much as possible right and that's how i was able to see them as often as i was and how come they, back how they got an album yeah and so now like they can't do the thing that they have been building for for so long to be able to kind of like see the gains of it because they have to be stuck at home you know but hopefully when all this is said and done they're still able to just go out and tour as much as possible and find some success because they're one of my favorite groups we should we should play one of their songs so people get to know what they sound like which one did you say was your favorite off of a line in the sand uh let's do maybe huddled masses i think my favorite is the king is alive but it's it's a fairly um outspoken song so it it might not be the most it's not the most telling of their discography i think that's fair It's a good heavy version of their their sound. I yes. think that, that fits well with what I, I you know what you would expect from them. Yep. Um, the next album I want to talk about is the new album by the Psychedelic Furs, which uh, are known for their song, uh, probably one of their most popular, the song "Pretty in Pink" from the uh, movie "Pretty in Pink." Actually, I don't know if that was actually written for it, but I think of them in the same way. It seems like it would have, but been. they have not had a new album. What, 29 years? Uh, 29 years. Yeah. 1991 was the last album, and it came out uh, just this past Friday, this new album. And I was like looking forward to it because it had been a long time. I'm not a super big fan of the band, but like they're a good 80s pop rock band, I guess, you know? But I was just looking forward to it because it was something... It's not very often you get a new album from a band 29 years later. What I was surprised about is how good this album is right. it is so i like what good. i heard it is a great al- like i was so shocked it is one of like my favorite albums this year which is so weird for like an old 
but his voice just like fits so well with right now. It's crazy for a voice from the 80s that hasn't been heard in so long comes with this album. It's the album's called Made of Rain and I think my favorite song on it is maybe Don't Believe the second track, but it's so hard because like I don't know. I listened to it twice. Um I listened to it twice and um, it like I just listened to it in a row while I was doing something else. So it's hard for me to be like, oh, it's this track, you know, but the the boy that invented rock and roll, which is the opening song, is really good um, as well. But let's do Don't Believe. You got it. Money's got the medicine. You can't believe in anything. I wanted what I never had. You get it, then it's gone again. You wonder where the weather went. You're sucking on a cigarette. And hell, it comes to rain again. And heaven is in heaven. I mean, his voice... It really, like, I don't want to say it's not adapted, mm-hmm. but it still fits with when it came from, mm-hmm. but still sounds good. Yeah, like at some points, this uh, maybe isn't the best comparison because people might not like his voice, but it kind of sounds a little bit like the lead singer of Blue October a little bit in some songs. Okay. I also kind of heard some Interpol. like Interpol some, for sure. Like some of that kind of style of music, which is interesting because that music was probably heavily influenced by kind of those bands of the 80s as for well. Sure. But... I don't know. I, I just want like I just want to listen to this album again. Like you know what I mean? Like, I just want to things... keep listening to it over and over like, and forever. I'm so it's just weird. It's yeah. not very often that like because I don't want to go back and listen to bands from the '80s that much. Sure, but it's not that it's not that sound. It's you know, it's not 29 years past 1991. You know, that was but they probably only had one album after the '80s, right? And then we're like, well, we can't keep the sound up. And then like they're now back old as crap but still good well what i find surprising is you know this isn't a knock on you or anything but you're the type of person who uh likes what he likes Mm -hmm. you know like when it comes down to it like the music that you want to listen to are the things you've already kind of been introduced to and you don't necessarily love finding not new things but like you know i I don't know. I'm not sure how to put it, but like, you know, when a new album comes out from like Neck Deep, which mm-hmm. came out this month, mm-hmm. that's what you get excited about. When a new album comes out from Creeper, like this month, yes. you get excited about that album. You don't often get excited about like the Psychedelic First come out with a new album from 29, after 29 years. Yeah. That's not the kind of thing that like you would usually like. But even like, so bands from the interest. 80s that I like, you know, like I really love The Outfield, right. uh, the band that sang um, Your Love. And other like bands from the '80s, like that. Like I like their stuff from the '80s, but a new like who? I'm not excited for a new Cyndi Lauper album or a new right. Blondie album or you know like certain bands like David Byrne. Pretenders I don't had like, a new album this month, and that, like, yeah. I was like, why would I get excited? About I, I like the album. Talking Heads stuff, but I don't care about David Byrne's solo career because right. he's doing a, another version of that thing, but it's not really in the same realm of what I like from it. And so it's just very rare that you would find something from that era that is now in this day that it doesn't sound like the 80s on it. You know, that's the positive that you can find from that. Um, I think maybe the last one I want to talk about, uh, I'll mention very briefly, Frank Turner and NoFX had 
a uh, EP together. I guess technically oh, yeah? it's an album where they cover each other's songs. That's cool. Because they're both on the same uh, label now, Fat Rec Record, or Fat Rec Chords is what the label is called. Okay. And so uh, NoFX covers Frank Turner, and Frank Turner covers um, NoFX. I want to know what NoFX covers. Uh, NoFX covered uh, Glory Hallelujah, which is a relatively um, okay song. Ballad of Me and My Friends is one I like. It's interesting because I've followed Frank Turner for quite a while. I, I listened to him. Uh, probably starting out back in 09 uh-huh. with uh, Poetry of the Dead. Uh, I like some songs from Love, um, Love Iron Song, but like uh, my uncle. And also the first album uh, his, he put out, Sleep is for the Week, which is really good. He's like acoustic-y, folky um, music, but like with, it, it's like a guy that started out in punk and then like grabbed an acoustic guitar, basically, right. is what Frank Turner is. And I yeah. saw him at Warp Tour actually, and I've been wanting to see him for a long time. And I, like, that's one of the. It's interesting when you get to see somebody at Warp Tour that you've that's not really that, but it is. I I always yeah, found yeah, those yeah. people like it's like City in Color. Yeah, like I would, I would, or like when we saw, um, oh, what's the the thrash metal band that we like? Um, Sadistic Magician. Oh, uh, Municipal Waste. Yeah, Municipal Waste, and we saw Ailstorm at Warped Tour, and it's yeah. like, and Guar. Like, we would go find... The weird the, ones. Yeah, the weird stuff that, like, you don't get to find anywhere else, and, like, we like that, that kind of weird music. so good. It I'm, was I'm good. I'm excited to talk about Guar this month. Oh, yeah, that's good. But, um, but yeah, he was in a band, um, Frank Turner was, called Million Dead. They were a punk band, and then he became solo. But, um, but yeah, it was, it's a pretty interesting... Um, split album slash EP. There's 10 songs. It's half hour. So I, I'm counting as an album. But uh, that is out. And, but I think the last thing I'll talk about for this month is, of album is um, Charlie Crockett, the album Welcome to Hard Times. He's a country guy um, that I found from YouTube. And uh, he's got a, a decent, pretty, pretty big following. He's got interesting videos, which you have to, to try and, you know, do YouTube. But uh, I think the we'll do the title track, Welcome, Welcome to Hard Times. Uh, I thought it was a good album. I listened to it last night. I thought it was pretty good. I like uh, this style of music. I like the weird country stuff. So he's got an interesting voice for sure. Welcome to hard times. And feeling low. Do you like sinning? No. Well, you will be before you go. We got lots of gambling. And we're telling lies. And we're telling lies indeed. Uh, do you want to do singles or do you want to go to your last song? Or, uh, uh, I'm going to throw out a couple before we go to singles, which I do want to do. Uh, I want to throw out a couple just shotgun fire albums that also came boom, out. Boom, bang, this bong. Month. Usually I wouldn't do some of the albums that I didn't find interesting enough to talk about. But these I'd like to play because I didn't love the sound of the album. But there's some ones that are definitely worth talking about this month. Um, Oliver Tree released his uh, debut. No, it's not debut. Uh, He's had, I think, maybe like one other album or something like that. But he released an album now that he's kind of reached the height of his popularity at this point in time. Uh, Not great. Uh, if you like... I think it is his debut album. Is it his debut album? Yeah, because everything else says singles. Oh, okay. I thought I couldn't remember if it was his, if it was his f- official... Maybe he had like a mixtape or something, but it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah. Um, 
But it, like you know, anybody who's gotten into his like YouTube craze of being kind of the wacky guy on mm-hmm. YouTube who makes music, um, it, the shtick just doesn't apply to an album yeah. for me. Uh, it doesn't sound great. It's not fun without the visuals. I don't even like it that much with the visuals. I gave it a shot to see if it would be any good. Didn't love it. Um, Alanis Morissette had her first album in eight years. I didn't. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't as thrilling as her Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, I like uh, the single Reasons I Drink. I thought that was a really good like opening kind of idea of what it was going to be. Right. But it just kind of ended up being kind of a boring album. It was just kind of like piano balladry rather than like her usual kind of like angsty um, kind of sound. And it, I guess it just didn't feel like it fit her as well as I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Like I said, I don't hate it. It's just that it wasn't thrilling. But I think when an Alaris Morissette, you know, makes an album, that's worth talking about. Uh, Juice World released his... Um, um, Post Hummus? Posthumous. Yes. Post Hummus album, Legends Never Die. Um, and it was, you know, it was pretty good. It had some good songs on it. Um, it's not really my style of music typically, um, but I enjoyed some of the parts that came out. It's kind of the emo rap, trap rap, um, almost in the realm of like a pop punk rap that's kind of been coming around because of um, a guy like, um, like Little Pete, like who kind of popularize that sound yeah um emo rap emo rap yeah and uh you know it's got some good songs on it's worth you know checking out if that's a style of music that you're into juice world you know this this is the last time you'll really get to hear anything from juice world so it's worth checking out if you like it Uh, i would recommend the song come and go because it's kind of got that like punk sound to it and then um definitely the album that i wanted to mention the most i think is that the Dalai Lama released an album called Inner World this month. Mm. It's not like something I'd sit around and listen to, yeah. but it certainly is interesting to listen. Where to. does it rank with Christopher Lee's metal albums? Oh, you know, not quite there. No. Not quite there. That is amazing. If you if you are a listener that's never heard Christopher Lee, uh, Saruman from The Lord of the Rings, as well as other uh, films... He did some metal music that is just incredible. Incredibly strange. Just one of those things where it's 90 years old he was doing that. Yeah. It's like an old man doing metal music, like speaking. It's like, what are you doing? It's the same thing where it's like, why would you ever think that the Dalai Lama would sit down and say, I'm going to make an album. I'm going to play just like a, a snippet of it. It's basically exactly what you would expect. He really wouldn't shouldn't speak with marbles in his mouth. <laughs> Shut the hell up. He's just it's just meditative, you know. It, I like it better when Tina Turner does it. Oh yeah. That's fair. I forgot about that. Uh yeah. It's I mean it's basically in that same realm. So uh let's throw out a couple of the singles. I know that there were two that we really wanted to talk about, and then we will talk about the last album. All right, go ahead and do the ones you want to do. So the one that I really wanted to talk about. This is uh, instead of Jared's Country Corner, this is going to be uh, Caleb's Rap Room. 
Caleb's rap room. There we go. So Caleb's rap room. Uh, Jared was the one who found this and showed it to me. Um, so really, this is more Jared's rap room that Caleb mm. is introducing. Yeah. Uh, Ludacris released a new song called uh, Silence of the Lambs, which has Lil Wayne on it. Mm-hmm. And it is just great. Yeah. I love Ludacris. Yeah. And I was like, because like sometimes I'll think about Ludacris and I'm like, man, do I really like Ludacris that much? Answer is yes. And the answer is yes every damn time. You listen to a new Ludacris song, you're like, oh, he's so good. I forgot he's so good. Uh, his flow on this is incredible. His penmanship is awesome absolutely just biting Mm. i love it he brings up so many different things on just this one track that are going on in the world right now and he just hits it every time it's so good so let's play a little bit of uh silence of the lambs here we go the world's screwed if niggas pouring drinks like bill huxtable (laughs) i love r kelly but around my daughters i'm not comfortable stand for what you believe in like kaepernick you either in control or you getting fucked, no abstinence. It's not enough blacks in the driver's seat like at NASCAR. Why? Cause most racist people still drinking what's at Roseanne's bar. Gandhi told me to be the change that I wanna see. But Mayweather told me blow my change on a shopping spree. What the world needs now. Man, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. Yep. The Lil Wayne verse uh, sucked. Yes, the Lil Wayne part is terrible. He was too gurgly. <laughs> is the whole song. It's it's not. There's a, it's just a garbly, garbly mess. Uh, but Ludacris is great. Mm-hmm. And then the other song that was worth talking about is Ski Mask, the Slump God, with his new song "Burn the Hoods." Check out that video. Uh, it's just Ski Mask, the Slump God beating up a bunch of racist Ku Klux Klans. And it's great. I love it. But let's play a little bit of the song. Level. I am considered the rebel cause I never settle out Cause I'm hot like a kettle, yo bitches is rental I had to pay us a dental And they act funny, Jay Leno Twisting my metal Now they acting shaky like trouble These niggas fool like Kevin oh, He's up, like ice in a cup yeah, yeah, yeah. Say fuck, my president Donald Trump Life alert, I'm stuck off the park, I can't get up yeah, yeah, yeah. I call them underwear cause I can't see to get off my neck. America sucks, you want seven million, me, us And don't touch, like beats on rush We fall deep in the GC It's like Right where you would expect, like, the kind of lyricism to be right now, but is not necessarily delivered in the way you would expect it. Yeah. Like, that's not really the style of music that you're he like. He always just, t- like, talks super. His l- verses are always super weird. Right. Um, he's from Florida. He was friends with uh, XXX Tentacion. Yes. And uh, he's got some he's got some interesting stuff. He's he's an odd fella. He's definitely worth digging into. Uh, another, if we're on the hip hop train, uh, I would like you to play a new song by Mr. Petey Pablo, who is known for his song Freak a Leak, uh, Club Banger, and he's got a new song out called uh, Where My Bike At. I don't bother folks, and I don't want nobody bothering me. I stay out the way, nowadays they call the police. Anything go down, now these clowns want to talk to me. My remains silent, been the same since the age of three. Lied to my mama about the bike the nigga stole from me. I just took the loss and said I lost it. Let her beat me. Took my clothes off, put my pajamas on, and I went to sleep. I wasn't big enough to do nothing about what they done to me. Trust me. One day I knew that I would be. And when that day came, what I did, you won't believe. Loaded up the scraps, put over my cap. Walked up to the traps Why they was shooting crap With that bitch Damn, bro Do it like that Uh-huh And ain't that motherfucker gonna leave Till I get my bike Where the bike at? Get my bike back 
what? That was great. <laughs> What's going on? So he was three years old. Someone stole his bike. Yep. And he couldn't tell his mom about it. Even at and three years old, he's more of a man than than uh six nine. He didn't he didn't snitch. That's right. He didn't. And then how long later did he oh, finally about say? Forty I'm, years, I'd say. Yeah, it's been a while. He finally was like, you know what? I'm gonna go get that fucking bike. <laughs> He couldn't even ride it now if he was three years old. No, he could not. Maybe he's got a three-year-old he wants to ride. And he's like, you know what? I had a bike. <gasps> I remember now. I just thought that was a great song. That's I, great. I love Pete Pablo. I like, uh, he was in uh, Freak-A-Leak. And then he also is, it did a rap verse on the song uh, Goodies by Sierra. That's a good song too. Uh, so I think the maybe one of the last tracks um, that I would like to talk about is by somebody who does uh, YouTube videos as well called Teddy Swims. He did a cover of uh, Shania Twain's song, You're Still the One, and it is great. The music video is amazing. Check out that music video. Uh, But she, I believe, tweeted and said she gave her approval of this cover. And so it is a beautiful song. Here it is. We're still together, still going strong. That's real pretty. I love it. I love YouTube cover people. They're great. That's fair. There's a quite a few singles that also have come out this month that like would be worth talking about, but they're more of like a preview because mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about it. like Future Islands had a new song that yep. came out this month. Good band. Uh, Idols had a new yep. song that came out this month. Sufjan Stevens had a song that came out this month. James Blake had a song that came out this month. But all of them are singles leading up to albums that are coming out. So it's like you know we'll we'll save that. Did you want to do the 100 Gex or nah? Nah. Hand Crushed by a Mallet remix. And if you want Good to, song. let's go ahead. Go ahead, real quick. Oh, you want to do it? Okay. If you want. Just mention it really quickly and then we'll play it. They're a weird uh, electronic rap group that is two people. They've been featured on uh, Fish Center, on Adult Swim, one of my favorite things to watch. Uh, and uh, this is a song. It's a, They did a whole remix album from uh, their debut album. And it has various people that did remixes. There's a Rico Nasty thing. Injury Reserve did a thing. Yeah, I've seen that. So they got, hold on. So there's this song on here that's got Charlie XCX, Rico Nasty, and Kiro Kiro Benito on it. Yep, ringtone. That's crazy. That's a lot of people that you would not expect to be on the same song. That's a good tune. But uh, this one is Hand Crushed by a Mallet Remix featuring Fall Out Boy and Craig Owens of Chiodos. Pretty good. I he's not here, so I'll say it for him for Tyler. That sucked. That's what he would have said. Ah, yeah, he hates Fall Out Boy. He sure does. He sucks. It was fine. He sucks. I'll I, say I don't that. know that I would ever sit down. I've never been that interested in a hundred Gex to begin with. 
They're weird. So to have a remix album, I, you mm. know, what? why would I listen to a remix album of an album I didn't care about to begin with? Sure. So, uh, so speaking of albums that uh, we do care about, there is we one final album. We weren't speaking of that album. at all. Huh? We weren't speaking of albums we care about. You just said ones you don't. Why would you say We're, speaking it's of? A, it's, a, it's a bad transition. Mm. It, it's fine. Speaking of albums that we do care about, let's say it again. Uh, we've got one album left. It would be uh, a crime for us to not talk about this one. Uh, it is Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore. Yep. Keep your helmet, keep your on, just a flesh wound. Here's your rifle. So the week that Taylor Swift's new album came out was a confusing week. Mm-hmm. because Taylor Swift came out and Logic came out and I was like, man, I'm going to hate both these albums. And then I liked both of those albums. And then also, then Kanye was, West was supposed to drop an album. That's true. And he didn't. And Taylor Swift I'm going to let you album. finish. I'm going to let you finish. She did it to him. She came in. Pretty great. Real hot. Real funny. Um, Folklore is ridiculous. It makes no sense at all. Um, it is her first album to be uh, categorized as alternative. Yes. It is uh, kind of in the folk realm, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, um, oh, man, it's very heavily produced. It has a lot to do with uh, Aaron Desner mm-hmm. of The National, who helped produce this album. And his influence is all over it, but it's like you would never have expected Taylor Swift to make this album. No. At least I would have never thought that. No, nope. Not given at least what we know of her at this point in time. So, you know, I, I don't have to go through this, the lineage of Taylor Swift, but, you know, it, to go from teenage country icon icon to pop star to then transition into, like, indie folk, it's like, what are you doing? Like, are you sure that people are going to want to hear that? Mm-hmm. It, it's a surprise release album. There was very, very little fanfare in terms of trying to build up the album. It's just like the antithesis of Taylor Swift. It, mm. It's it's not what she would ever do. Yeah. And with no hype, she comes out with an indie album, and it sounds great. That's mm-hmm. Bonavir on there. Yep. Like it doesn't make any sense to me at all how this album is as good as it ended up being. Jack Antonoff, uh, who is uh, Bleachers. Also was in the group Fun. Um, he has been a part of stuff with her for quite a while. And I think he has influenced her to be better as a musician. Yeah. Uh, I love Bleachers, but like, and it's it's like overproduced pop music almost, but like good. And like his influence and like you said, the national guy, Bonavir's on here, which he, you can ta- kind of tell her influence of that. Right. She's friends with um, Chris Caraba, uh, Cariba, whatever, from Dashboard Confessional. And she uh, like has a reference. I read an article. She made a little bit of a reference to them. And like I think that kind of just – it's just a accumulation of all of the things that her influences like were positive. She has built all of that into this album. 
And the thing that I think is worth mentioning, too, is the fact that this album comes out when she is 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, I think that this is something that we need to be a little bit more open to in terms of an artist. Because to expect an artist to want to keep doing the same thing forever is one thing. But to expect a young artist who started out when they were like, what, 16, 17 17. 17 years old. Like that's not the music they're going to want to make forever. Mm -hmm. And there are like, I mean, anybody, anybody in like a critical realm would have just scoffed at a new Taylor Swift album. And many people would have thought, Oh, you're doing an indie folk album. Whatever Taylor, what are you doing? But, like, if you listen to it and, like, reflect on it and really allow it to be... If it was anybody else than Taylor Swift, people would be just gushing over it. But there was... I'm sure people out there who are like, it's Taylor Swift, I have no interest. Mm. But, like, you, you really have to get over yourself on that one. You have to be able to look at it objectively and say, this is a good album. And if anybody if anybody would have released this, I would have thought it was a good album. But it's just that much more surprising that Taylor Swift is the one making this album. Because it just doesn't feel like Taylor Swift. But mm. it's it's good. Yeah. And so, Taylor Swift did a really good job on this album. I was really impressed. I'm glad that, I'm glad that this is an album that she decided to make. And I feel like the trajectory of her music is going to be very different, or at least I hope that it will be. Yes. So maybe uh, she'll uh, go metal like Poppy did. Maybe she will. <laughs> she'll take a Poppy, Poppy jump. That seems like an interesting turn of events. Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of record round table. We've been talking about the music that came out in July. Be sure to show up. And listen to what we have to say about the music that comes out in August. Check out all of our social media bits, our website, and check out, of course, our Patreon. Listen to our podcast, because that's what you're here to do. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. You heard the rumors from Ines. You can't believe a word she says most times. But this time it was true.